from the HBP Studios, you're listening to the 81st episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast. HBP, I'm Dorian, and on today's podcast, we take the Acela from D.C. to Boston to watch the Red Sox. Think the Red Sox Chris Sale has a second career as a pattern cutter, find Mike Miner with the Cincinnati Reds, and a Virgil Abloh meteor hits baseball fashion. But what I'm going to hit you with is what I'm drinking, which is, of course, a delicious local beer. And this one is called Equal Marriage, a dark wheat ale from a good local American brewing company called City State in Washington, D.C. I'm going to take a sip. And you know what? I may have mentioned this on that podcast before, but you can actually drink on the train in the United States. If you take a bus in the United States, you can't drink on it. If you take an airplane, you can't drink your own alcohol on the airplane. You have to buy it from the stupid airline. If you drive, you should not be drinking and driving while you drive. Or you shouldn't even be have drank before you drive. You get my point. But on the train, it's beautiful. You can bring your own booze. You can drink your champagne. You can drink your beer. No one's going to tell you anything. People, take the train more often. And today, in episode 81, we're taking the train. Because the Acela is a train that goes from Union Station in Washington, D.C. to Boston, Massachusetts in about seven hours. In reality is, that's not that fast. Because it only shaves off about an hour and a half from the normal Amtrak train. The Acela is supposed to be the fastest train in the United States. I think it is. It goes up to 150 miles an hour. Or... The Acela goes as fast as 241 kilometers per hour for you fancy people. Again, it's not impressive because in Spain, the TVE, the TVE, which is a train company in Spain, their trains go up to 310 kilometers per hour or 192 miles per hour for us normal people. And you know what? The TVE in Spain isn't even the fastest train system in Europe. There's a train system in Italy that goes 400 kilometers per hour. Or the train system, one of the trains in Italy goes up to 248 miles per hour. Come on, USA. We're supposed to be the biggest, the baddest at everything. We have to be better. Our fastest train is almost half as slow as... A train in Europe. It's ridiculous. It's because we gave women the right to vote. There are too many Mexicans in our country. This is why the communists are winning. All right, calm down, Senator McCarthy. We're going to go on with our lives here. The point is, people, take the train. And when you're on the train, I told you, you can have your, you can drink your fancy, healthy juice. You can drink your beer. You can drink your champagne. Whatever you're doing, when you're on the Acela from Washington, D.C. to Boston to see a Red Sox game, check out our social media when you're on your phone. Our social media account, we have Twitter, at HBP4040. Our Instagram account, Hipster Baseball Follow. Hipster Baseball Follow. Hipster Baseball Podcast. Give us a follow. Or if you maybe drank a little too much on the train, block us. It doesn't really matter to me. Just look us up. And so now that we're in Boston... In seven hours, which is way too long, we're finding out what in the world's going on with the Boston Red Sox. I know you heard about this. Back on the 6th of July, during, during after a rehab assignment with the AAA Wooster 
Red Sox. Chris Sale, he hasn't been playing for the Red Sox because he, ha- he had a stress fracture in his rib cage that he suffered in spring training. That sounds really painful. I know we talked about rib cages and broken ribs like three or four episodes ago about Mookie Betts. That's horrible. Not only was Chris Sale rehabbing from a stress fracture in his rib cage, but he also had pneumonia. I mean, he got get pneumonia. He cracked some ribs. I mean, what's next? Whooping cough? Mono? What is he, a high school 16-year-old kid? Whatever. So during this AAA start, Sale didn't pitch too well for the Wooster Red Sox. He only pitched, he only lasted three and a third innings. He walked five batters. He gave up a run. So he's a professional. Like anybody else, you, you would be unhappy with your performance. But as normal professionals don't do, Sale was caught on video going to town in the tunnel of the Wooster Red Sox clubhouse. He tore down some wall art. It's, it, it, it's disrespectful to the artist. And he started kicking the art afterwards. I don't know who the artist is. I would love to know what piece of art that he actually kicked and destroyed. And then in the interview afterwards, Sale said he also destroyed a television in the clubhouse. He said, quote, I wouldn't be here without that. It what, it's what makes me good at my job, end quote. Sale also joked about it when he rejoined the Boston Red Sox. Back on the 9th of July, the Red Sox were playing at home against the New York Yankees. And in an interview with Fox Sports, or not the, yeah, Fox was the one actually doing the broadcast for the Red Sox and Yankees game. He was joking that he was looking for a Samsung sponsorship. Of course, Samsung, one of the many companies that make TVs. That's some nonsense. This is Chris Sale, people. He's a 33-year-old man, a father of three, and married. I can't imagine the types of stunts he pulls at home with his kids and his wife. Who left these Legos out for me to trip on? Are you not eating your macaroni and cheese? And then, of course, he takes the macaroni and cheese and throws them, throws the dish against the wall, doing his best Jackson Pollock impression. Freaking Chris Sale. I, I, it really bothers me that people, we all put up with, childish nonsense from people that we shouldn't. And the Boston Red Sox, the Chicago White Sox, who who he used to play with, have all been enablers. I'm sure he's had enablers since he was in high school. Chris Sale is undoubtedly talented. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in the league so long. He wouldn't be paid so much money, and he wouldn't have been playing for all these high-profile teams. But I really don't like how we enable people with bad attitudes. It's like, did your parents not... Hit you over the head? No, of course not. I'm not saying physical violence. There's no discipline in this in this man's life. It's ridiculous. And in another interview explaining his ridiculous thing destroying about destroying a TV and art in Wooster, he said, quote, This isn't like a normal atmosphere. If I was at Bank of America, it wouldn't fly, right? We're not at Bank of America, end quote. Look, man, what did Bank of America ever do to you, Chris Sale? Did they not promote you to senior vice president? Did they not approve your jumbo mortgage application? Calm down. Calm down, man. You're a gazillionaire. You're talented. I hope you have a beautiful family. You're not ruining them with your absolutely psychotic outbursts. And he's a seven-year-old kid with a temper tantrum that has an amazing left arm. He made a joke about it because he said two days later, after the Wooster incident, on the 9th of July, on a Friday, he treated the players and staff to lunch and dinner on Friday, Ha 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 ha. 
And then to try to make a joke out of it, someone in the Worcester Red Sox, they set up a boxing mannequin with a Red Sox tank top with cutoff sleeves. And and uh, the mannequin had a photo of a TV on his chest. Obviously, it wasn't Chris Hill. Someone else did it. So they're trying to lighten the mood of this absolutely psychotic guy coming in and wrecking havoc in the peaceful environment of the Worcester Red Sox. Anyways, Chris Hill came back to the Red Sox. Like I said, he pitched against the Tampa Bay Rays for the first time in a long time on the 12th of July. Pitched five innings, gave up three hits, no runs. That's good. So what's up with Sale and his tantrums? Dude, the guy needs to see a psychiatrist. Like, straight up, this is not a joke. He needs to see a psychiatrist because it's not the first time he's done this. Back in 2016, when he was with the Chicago White Sox, the White Sox were doing a promotional jersey. Chris Sale didn't like it. They didn't consult with him. His feelings were hurt. And instead of verbalizing and talking about his feelings, you know what he did? He took a knife and he cut up the whole jersey. Is Chris Sale going to help the Red Sox? The question is, do they need his help? Maybe. Right now, the Red Sox are in fourth place in the very tough American League East Division. And as you ponder Chris Sale with a knife cutting up clothes, I'm going to have another drink. The Red Sox are 15 and a half games behind the first place New York Yankees. They have, but the Red Sox also have the fifth best run differential in the American League at plus 29. And they're having three players who were voted to the All-Star game. Third baseman Raphael Devers, shortstop Xander Bogarts, and designated hitter, I think sometimes first baseman, J.D. Martinez. And after a bad start, the Red Sox are actually doing pretty well. Since the 1st of June, they've won 25 of their last 43 games. And a few weeks ago, we talked about the Los Angeles Angels center fielder, all solar system, Mike Trout, and his insane OPS plus of 170, third baseman of the Red Sox, Devers, he has a 168 OPS plus. Remember, 100 is league average for OPS plus. Devers is at 168. And Mike Trout, who was always seen mostly ever since for a long time as the best player in baseball, he has a 170 OPS. And we talked about Rafael Devers and his disgusting spitting habit back in episode 55 because he chews on gum and sunflower seeds. He has this almost, it almost looks like a tumor in, I think it's his left cheek, and he just is spitting every three seconds when he's up at bat or when he's in the in the outfield in third base. It's absolutely disgusting. But he's a really good player. <laughs> and he's not destroying art, and he's not terrorizing kids who don't finish their macaroni and cheese dishes. But really what the Red Sox really only need is to get everyone back and healthy because they have all these pitchers that are just coming back Nathan Ovaldi came back. He pitched against the Yankees in New York on the 15th of July. He went four and a third innings, gave up six hits, three earned runs. But the Red Sox won five to four. Garrett Whitlock is coming back. He first came back the same game on the 15th of July against the Yankees. Pitched two innings, no hits, no earned runs, and three strikeouts. Both Ovaldi and Whitlock were out with hip, uh, what was it, uh, with hip, with hip issues basically. Michael Wacha is going to come back. And you know what? Maybe, maybe with a capital M, Matt Barnes can offer something towards the end of the season because he was just put on the 60-day IL. So that means he can come back in the middle of September, right when the Red Sox should be pushing for a wild card spot in the American League. 
and they still have the Red Sox are a very talented team because they have their the, their Dominican Republic pitcher, Dominican Republic, their Dominican pitcher, a rookie by the name of Brian Bello. Brian, it's not Brian, it's Brian Bello, Bello, in Italian, beautiful in English, Bell en Francais. But anyways, Brian Bello, he made his debut against the Tampa Bay Rays on the 6th of July. Do you know Bello was born in 1999, which is, of course, that great Prince song that I'm not going to sing for you this week. And Bello is just another talented arm that the Red Sox can add all along with when Ovaldi gets better. Whitlock gets better, maybe Barnes comes back, Watcha, etc. And you know what, Bayo maybe doesn't play in the playoffs, but you know, Bayo's had a rough first two starts because he both of the starts he's played against the Tampa Bay Rays, and he's been rocked. In both those games, he's he's pitched a combined eight innings. He's given up 13 hits, nine earned runs, and his whip, which of course is either hits or walks. Per inning, 2.38, which basically means every single inning that Bayo's pitching, he has on average two base runners of the opposing team on base. That's putting tremendous pressure on yourself and on your defense, and that's why he's given up so many runs. And you know what? Everyone's talking about shortstop, the rookie shortstop, the rookie sensation, Jeter Downs, named after the New York Yankees Hall of Fame shortstop, Derek Jeter. Jeter Downs is from Columbia. He's now with the team. He just got called up like a week ago. His father is from Little Corn Island, Nicaragua. Little Corn Island is a very, very small island in the Caribbean Sea. And his mom is from Colombia. But his mom is from a small island also in the Caribbean Sea that's been fought over, I don't think with arms, but with litigation between Colombia and Nicaragua. Because both those countries for like the past 90 years have said, that island is ours. So Jeter Downs' his mom is from this disputed island that eventually some like United Nations tribunal said, all right, we're deciding that this island belongs to Colombia. And therefore, his mom is now Colombian. And Jeter Downs was born in that Colum- on that very small Colombian island. But in reality, he's probably Nicaraguan. And Little Corn Island, I don't want to blow this up, but it is one of the most beautiful islands in the Caribbean, and it is a hidden gem. I don't want to say it too much, but you should go. It's a trek to get to Little Corn Island, but it's completely worth it. Instead of going to do your gambling or paying $19 for a hamburger in in the Bahamas or going to St. Kitts or going to some resort in Jamaica or Puerto Rico, be a little more adventurous and go to Little Corn Island, Nicaragua. But before you go, finish listening to this podcast. Or maybe stop it and then listen to it on the train as you get to the airport and fly to Miami. Because Miami has direct flights to Managua, Nicaragua, which is the capital. And in Miami, that's where Jared, that's where Jeter Downs grew up. He grew up in the 305. Specifically, Downs went to Pace High School in Miami Gardens. And obviously, this, this guy's playing for the Red Sox. So you knew, you knew, you know he was super talented early on. And he won a sports scholarship to go to Pace High School because it's a private school. And after he finished Pace, he committed to play college baseball at the University of Miami. But like Manny Machado, who also earlier committed to play college baseball at Florida International University, FIU, in Miami, Downs was drafted in the first round of the 2017 draft and said, you know what? I'm not playing for free. I'm getting paid. 
and now he he's probably going to be helping the Red Sox get into the playoffs because the reality is that the Red Sox are in a good spot. There's zero pressure for the Red Sox to chase down the New York Yankees. This isn't 1965 where you have to win your league to get into into the World Series. There's like seven wild card spots. I'm I'm joking, but you know, there's a lot more wild card spots now. So you don't so yeah, who cares if they're 15 and a half games behind? They just have to be better than the other teams who are trying to get into the playoffs to get the the World Series, the World Series, the wild card. This equal marriage dark whatever beer I'm having is hitting me. The Red Sox they only need to be winning about 90 games and they're going to get in the playoffs. And when they do, and if they're healthy, I think the Red Sox are going to wreak havoc on the American League playoffs. They aren't going to win the American League East Division. The Yankees are, are winning that. They're going to win that by like the beginning of September. And the Yankees have been taking the Red Sox out to the woodshed the past couple of games. I think they've given up like 25 runs against the Yankees the last two games. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Usually things balance out. And if the Yankees continue to pummel the Red Sox in every single series from now until the end of the regular season, I just have a hunch. I I can't explain. I just have a hunch that the Red Sox are going to take out the New York Yankees. This is a New York Yankees team that's going to win 110, 112, 115 games. It'd be historically good. And there's going to be so much pressure on those guys. To win the World Series because they've had such a great season. The Yankees haven't won the World Series in, what, 13 years? I think in 2009, the last time they won the World Series. And if they go up against a team like the Boston Red Sox or the Houston Astros, I think it's going to be curtains. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves. And the best way to watch baseball, to watch the Yankees, to watch the Red Sox, when you're on the Acela, when you're on the TV in Spain this summer, when you're going to Marbella, south of Spain, is through... This week's show sponsor, Primestar. We bring satellite television down to earth. Primestar is the only complete mini dish TV service. So you can enjoy great sports coverage without buying any equipment. The new mini dish satellite service is making hours of family entertainment available to anyone. All with digital quality audio and video. All of it can be yours starting for as little as a dollar a day. Prime Star. We bring satellite television down to earth. Call 1-800-PRIME-STAR. And maybe with those satellites circulating, circulating, maybe with those satellites orbiting through the earth, we can monitor this week's Houdini Watch. Again, this is like a weekly thing now with Houdini Watch is a player that used to be on your team and they pop up somewhere else you forgot about them or a player you used to watch playing against your team and you're like, whatever happened to that guy? Years later, he pops up somewhere else. This week's Houdini watch, there's that guy, is Mike Miner, who's a pitcher with the Cincinnati Reds. I saw him pitch against the Atlanta Braves back on the 1st of July. I didn't recognize Mike Miner. He had gray hair all over his chin, and I hadn't seen him in years. You know what I like? That, Like I said, he had gray hair on his chin because he's growing his facial hair. You know what? Real men play on the Cincinnati Reds. None of this no facial hair nonsense that good old George Steinbrenner, former owner, now deceased, of the New York Yankees decreed back in 1972, I think it was, when George Steinbrenner said, no Yankees will have any facial hair. Look, it's a stupid rule 
Who cares? A rule made by a man can be changed by a man. Hal Steinbrenner, I challenge you, good sir. Overturn your dad's silly decree from 50 years ago or whatever, 45 years ago or whatever. Who the point is, it's silly. Why can't the Yankees players have facial hair? Oh, but Matt Carpenter has a mustache. No, I'm talking about beard. We're men. At least, well, some of us are. It's in our nature. We can't do anything about it. Hair comes out of places that you don't want it. <laughs> Sometimes it comes all over your face. It's okay to have facial hair. Groom it. Keep it neat. And don't play for the New York Yankees if you like facial hair. But this is not a Gillette commercial. I'm talking about Mike Miner. He's from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Isn't that where Michael Jordan's from? Chapel Hill? Uh, from... From, oh, no, the introduction to Michael Jordan was always from North Carolina, number 23, Michael. Whatever, this is not a fastball podcast. Mike Miner went to the college baseball powerhouse, Vanderbilt. They're crazy. They've had David Price, Dansby Swanson, and a million other guys coming out of Vanderbilt University. Not only is Vanderbilt one of the best schools in the South, right up there with Duke, their college baseball program is in, it's just bonkers, bonkers how good they are. So the Braves uh, drafted Mike Miner in the seventh, seventh overall pick in the first round of the 2009 Major League Baseball draft. But since he made his debut with the Braves, he was with the Braves, I think, for like four or five seasons. And then he's been, boun- he's been bouncing around the league. Mike Miner has pitched with the Kansas City Royals, the Texas Rangers, blah, 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 blah. Now, he's with the Cincinnati Reds. Like I said, I didn't recognize him. But he's doing good with the Reds. He wasn't so good back in the month of June. But in July, he has been a lot better for the Reds. Because in the month of July, his whip, how many men are on base every inning that he pitches, is just 1.29, which is pretty good. And you know what? He's pitched three times in July. And this is the list of the three teams he's faced. The Atlanta Braves, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the New York Yankees. The Braves and the Yankees are World Series contenders. The Pirates, no. But those are pretty impressive numbers to go up against teams of the caliber of the Braves and the Yankees. So, go you, Mike Miner. Mike, Mike, Mike Miner needs to help the Reds as much as they can because they're in last place in the National, League, the National League Central Division. They have a run differential of negative 107, which is the third worst in all of, Na- in all of the National League. There. 15 and a half games back. Is this podcast going to be called 15 and a half because the, Reds, because the Red Sox are 15 and a half games back and the Reds are 15 and a half games back behind the Brewers? The the minor difference is that the Red Sox are probably making the playoffs and the Reds are going to be watching the playoffs on Prime Star just like you and me. But you know what? The Reds sprung a little surprise because last week they won two of three games against those mighty New York Yankees. Mike Miner was the cause of one of those wins. So cheers to this week's Houdini watch, Mr. Mike Miner. And I'm raising the little beer that I have left to your facial hair because it's fantastic. And we all should look and feel because I've quoted this before. A Hall of Fame football player by the name of Jerry Rice, the the greatest wide receiver of all time. He said, I'm paraphrasing, if you look good, you feel good, you play good. And if Mike Miner needs that gray hair around his chin to pitch well for the Cincinnati Reds, sometimes we need to also do something in our lives, whether 
we go to work or we're playing some kind of weekend softball, flag football, basketball, frisbee competition and to help you feel good and play good. This week's segment of Styling and Profiling with Ric Flair, Fashion and Sports. I want to talk about a company by the name of Off-White that's making baseball apparel with holes. An American designer by the name of Virgil Abloh, he created a luxury brand label called Off-White. For those of you who don't know, Virgil Abloh was an American designer from Illinois who passed away in November 2021. Abloh was the creative director of Louis Vuitton, those fa- that fancy purse or perfume or dress that your girlfriend, wife, significant other, mom, sister, boss, rave about Louis Vuitton. Abloh was the first black man to lead the menswear line at Louis Vuitton. At the same time, Abloh was also the chief creative officer at Off-White. And I'm thinking, how many jobs did this man have? And more importantly, Dorian, what the heck does this have anything to do with baseball? If you give me a minute and you have a drink, I'll tell you, my friend. Because there's a collaboration between Off-White, the hat company that we all have, New Era, and Major League Baseball. Off-White has made all of these things, and a hat, jersey, t-shirt, whatever, every single one of their items has like Swiss cheese holes in them. <laughs> but wait, I keep calling them the holes, but they're not. They're called, Off-White calls them meteors, meteor holes. Abloh, before he passed away, obviously, he said that one of his principles is that a new design can be created by changing an original by only 3%. So again, if you take something that someone else has done and you change it just by 3%, it's now can be called a new design. That is, this is not legal advice. This is according to Virgil Abloh. And as you can imagine, some of you are rolling your eyes and some of you are like, what is this nonsense? A lot of people said, that's copycatting. Copycatting. That's being a copycat. And in a 2016 interview, Abloh said, quote, for me, Off-White is, is one big art project. The medium is clothes, but what I'm attempting to do with Off-White is build a philosophy through clothing and an aesthetic. Off-White has an embedded sense of irony, end quote. There it is. It's irony. It's like, yeah, you can do anything you want. I remember Abloh also talking about Marcel Duchamp, who was a French artist. He would, there's a very famous piece of his that he took a toilet, a toilet that you find in your bathroom, and he hung it up, I think by a chain. And he called it art because he said, I'm an artist. So if I say something is art, therefore, through transformative powers, it is art. Okay, this is not a college 101 class in art. But you guys know how much I love art. Now, back to the baseball. On sale now on Off-White's website. They have, they're selling, they're only selling items from six clubs so far. The Chicago Cubs, the Chicago White Sox. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the Miami Marlins, the Oakland Athletics, and the Toronto Blue Jays. Of course, since he's from Illinois, he has all love for Chicago teams, because represented by the Cubs and the White Sox, but no love for the Atlanta team. Let me tell you what these hat, what these hat, these items, these off-white items in collaboration with Major League Baseball look like for the fans like you and me. I don't know about you, but I buy, I buy at least one new Atlanta Braves hat per year. 
And I'll, I'll, I'll also buy a couple of uh, Toronto, Toronto, Tampa Bay Rays hats because they're my second favorite team. This, I'm probably not going to buy an off-white collaboration with Major League Baseball, even if they offered one with the Atlanta Braves. The hat, I'm going to take for an example here. The LA Dodgers off-white collaboration hat looks like a shark bit on the top right of the hat. And there's like, it's like, it's like a weird shape. It's like a weird crescent moon shape. And it's a white hat. It has LA, but there's quotation marks around LA. Remember, Ablo said, if you change something by 3%, which is in the spirit of Marcel Duchamp, it's now a new creation. And you know what? This off-white hat cost $240. $240 American dollars. The jerseys that they're selling of the six clubs I mentioned, again, as an example, the Dodgers. It's There's a white, do- white Dodgers jersey. Dodgers written across the chest in quotations. And there are two perfect holes, perfect holes in the front of the jersey. I don't think these jerseys are made for women. I think they're made for men, which is discrimination. I'm joking. This white jersey with two holes in the front, and I think there's three holes in the back, by the way, all for the low, low price of $943. $943. What is, Rob Manfred has lost his freaking mind. Why would you collaborate with Off-White? I don't know. And secondly, does Off-White have a layaway program? I don't know. One more thing. Off-White's also making these baseball t-shirts with the Dodgers and the White Sox, whatever. As an example, the Dodgers, it says Dodgers across the chest. It's in quotations. The t-shirt cost $327. (laughs) I'm going to leave it there. In another interview, Ablo said, quote, in a large part, streetwear is seen as cheap. What my goal has been is to add an intellectual layer to it and make it credible, end quote. And when I was looking this stuff up and I was watching some videos, I was reading some articles, and and I read an, and I, I, yeah, I read an article and I saw pictures and I realized I've seen Victor Abloh's exhibit, one of his exhibits, this is before he passed away. Abloh had a, an exhibit at the Museum of Contemporary Art Chicago back in 2019. And it was called Figures of Speech. And this exhibit had Abloh's clothing, textiles. It had a sunken gas station price sign. It was huge. It took up the entire top floor of the Museum of Contemporary Art in Chicago. I didn't like it. It didn't dawn on me to make that connection of Abloh's exhibit that I saw three years ago with this now. He's passed away, but his company is doing this collaboration with Major League Baseball for fans like us, I guess, or maybe not fans, a very, very small subsection of fans. I didn't get his art then. I don't get this, I don't even know what to call it, these designer art now. But it doesn't matter. Just because you don't like someone's art doesn't make it less of art. It's just not your taste of art. And I'm going to ask you a question. Are you going to drop some money to be the most stylish baseball fan in the stadium? You better act quick, my friend, because the Marlins two, the Marlins two hundred and forty dollar hat with three holes sold out. Go if you don't believe me, go on the website right now, Off White, and look at their collaboration, and it says baseball. 
If you want to have the Dodgers $240 hat with three holes, sold out. Well, what about the Chicago White Sox and their $240 hat with three holes? Sold out. You know what's also sold out? The Marlins, the Dodgers, and the White Sox $943 jersey with five holes in it. (laughs) But the White Sox and the Marlins t-shirts are still available. They really are. Go online now. They're still available for $327. (laughs) You know, I know one of you, one of you has bought one of these off-white ones. And if you have, please send us a tweet. Send us a picture through Instagram. That would be phenomenal. We'll repost it. And I was thinking with these holes, with the crescent moon in the hat, with these perfect holes in the jerseys and t-shirt, it made me think, did they hire the Red Sox pitcher Chris Sale? To be a pattern cutter with his magical scissors. Because <laughs> you know what? Sale wouldn't need a CAD program on his computer to do this. He would just do it by feel and by rage. And helping Off-White do all this stuff. So maybe Chris Sale has an internship at Off-White. I have no idea. We don't know that. And all this talk about fashion and baseball and really out there designs. It reminds me of Derek Zoolander. From, the, from Ben Stiller's 2001 film, Zoolander. There's no spoiler alerts here. This movie's 21 years old, for goodness sake. There was a fashion line in the movie Zoolander called Derelict by, <laughs> Derelict by Mugatu. And it was the future of fashion. Basically, it was a way of life inspired by the very homeless, the vagrants, the crack whores that make this wonderful city so unique. <laughs> Those are words by Will Farrow, who played Mugatu. And here's the thing. It was such a funny joke because, like, why would you have people dress up like homeless people and then sell it for, like, thousands of dollars? Because art imitates art. John John Galliano, who is a brilliant British designer, he's he's a real-life person, by the way, when he was heading up the House of Christian Dior, his show for spring-summer 2000, his haute couture, show which is like made uh made to wear the show he had models come down the runway with raggedy baggy clothes some of them were wrapped up in newspapers they had torn linings they had the eight labels that they were wearing inside out some of them were carrying like empty whiskey bottles they had cups hanging from their butts they had they were holding some of them were others were holding bottle caps and other models that came out during the spring-summer 2000 Haute Couture show from Christian Dior, some of the models came out acting as if they were lunatic ballerinas. Others were wearing straight jackets, and they had makeup that made them look crazy. You can imagine how this went over. There was protest by the French homeless community saying, respect us. They tried to... Yeah, they, they protested in front of Christian Dior's headquarters in Paris. They, they, they were like, cynicism, cynicism isn't cool. It's crazy that all of this made me go back down to the, to the rabbit hole from learning about Off-White's designs with Major League Baseball to try to make baseball cool by saying, hey, look, we may not have Kanye West, but we have Victor Abloh's old company, and they're going to make really cool new clothes. Hey, guy, why don't you buy this $900,000 jersey? Or shirt that's all messed up. Then it reminded me of Derek Zoolander <laughs> and Derek Leaked. And it reminded me of John Galliano's real <laughs> fashion line from 22 years ago. And you know what? 
the last bit of the rabbit hole here is what baseball players look homeless? They're called the unhoused, you jerk. All right, calm down. What baseball players looked unhoused? And he made me think. Justin Turner, the third baseman of a, of a Los Angeles Dodgers, in first place in the National League West. And it's not because Justin Turner has a big, bushy red beard. It's because, you know, he puts so much tar on his baseball bat and he's always, I don't even know what to call it. He's like banging against his back. And so the number 10, because he's number 10, Justin Turner for the Dodgers, and they have this ugly brown stain on the back of his jersey. And I think by now it's just performative that Justin Turner does this because he knows people expect him to put that disgusting tar all over the back of his jersey. And I don't like it. But again, who cares? Just because I don't like the art doesn't make it any less of art. But in baseball terms, Justin Turner has been having an okay year. He's only has a uh, 102 OPS plus. Again, average is 100. League average is 100. He's been an average baseball player. But Justin Turner is not an average baseball player because he norm his normal OPS plus throughout his career is around 150, which is 50% higher than the normal baseball player. But at the same time, Justin Turner is getting older. He's 37 years old this year. Who's another baseball player that reminds me that may look unhoused? Josh Donaldson, the third baseman for the New York Yankees. This is I'm not picking on the Yankees. I'm not picking on third baseman. <laughs> because, of course, as we as we know, Yankees are not, are not allowed to wear facial hair for the most part. I'm talking about when Josh Donaldson was with the Minnesota Twins. He had this, at times, an unkempt beard. And then he had like a faux mohawk or faux hawk, I think they're called. And he kept it super long in the back, which is basically, he had a mullet. And now with the Yankees, he can't even like pull off a Fu Manchu because God forbid the Steinbrenners find out that you're actually a, a male with testosterone pumping through you and you have hair growing out of your face and you can't do anything about it. Josh Donaldson also having an average year. His OPS plus is 101. This guy normally has like a 120, 130 OPS plus. Who else looks unhoused? Madison Gum Bumgarner. Gumgarner. Madison Bumgarner, who's the, the left-handed pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I only say this sometimes he he all he mostly keeps his beard nice and trimmed with the Diamondbacks. Sometimes he lets it go and he doesn't trim his beard and he looks unhoused. <laughs> And I don't know what else the Arizona Diamondbacks can do because they are having a terrible year just like they did last year. They're 21 and a half games behind the Dodgers in the National League West. They're not going to the playoffs. When is the last time the Diamondbacks went to the playoffs? I don't know. We're going to have to ask the HBP bullpen. And while they do that, I'm going to continue with this. And Madison Bumgarner is having an okay year as well. He His whip is 140. So he has about a, play, a runner and a half on base for every inning he's pitching. But... That's the that's his highest whip he's had in his entire career. So that means he may be on the downslide. Actually, the Diamondbacks, the last time the Diamondbacks went to the playoffs is in 2018. I just got this note from the HBP bullpen. Thank you so much. The greatest think tank in all of baseball podcasts. And finally, this is I feel like this is almost too easy. Charlie Blackman, the right fielder for the Colorado Rockies. It's not well, it is because of his beard and his and all the just it's just Charlie Blackman. I don't, I don't know. He just doesn't look. He just. He doesn't look good. But it doesn't matter because he's still playing well. Actually, in 2022, this is Charlie Blackman's best season 
since 2019. So whatever you're doing, Mr. Blackman, it's working. And we talked about Charlie Blackman back in episode 73 when we expanded on his partnership with a gambling site. I forget what it was. I don't really care. They're not a sponsor of this show, so I don't care about them. The point is, Charlie Blackman is making more money because he's now a spokesperson for the some gamble, some random gambling site. And what do all of these players that I kind of teased have in common? None of them are going to play in the, Ameri- in the American. None of them are going to play in the All-Star Game in Los Angeles right now, on the t- on the, coming up on Tuesday, the 19th of July. How do you feel about the All-Star Game? I actually... I actually like watching the All-Star Game. Some people were like, oh, it's a waste of time. It tires players out. They have to be flying all over the place. The Home Run Derby is going to be tomorrow on Monday on the 8th of July. The game's on the 19th of July. I like watching players that I normally wouldn't watch all at once. Even though it's an exhibition game, no one's taking it too serious. Especially, thank goodness, now we have that nonsense stopped of whatever league wins gets home field advantage in the World Series. That is... That was such a stupid rule. But it's all over now. So yeah, so if, if you want to go to the All-Star Game and wear amazing off-white clothing, I think you should do that. If you want to go protest against Mugatu or John Galliano, I think you should do that as well. <laughs> and you know what? France is known as a fashionable country. And in addition, now I think they're also cool, in addition to being fashionable, since we have new listeners from Domont, France, Deville-les-Rouins, France, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, Burkirkara Malta, I don't even know what language they speak there, I guess it's English, I think there used to be an English colony, and San Jose, California. Thanks for listening when we talk about baseball, drinks, the TV show Fashion File, and everything else under the sun. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, SoundCloud, or Spotify. My drink is going to be in the episode description and on our social media accounts. Join me next time for a brand new episode of HBP, Hipster Baseball Podcast. Bye.